Well, good evening. It's good to see you here this evening. I wonder whether you've been a Christian for a number of years, how you've traditionally prepared for Easter. I wonder whether you take any time at this season of Lent. We talk a lot about chocolate and all those other things that we're going to give up. But what will genuinely help me grow in my walk with God this year? When was the last time that I took a moment to genuinely reflect and to think about the whole of my life and how it was? I mean, we often focus on different elements of that. We focus maybe on the struggle with our mental health, with our physical health, with our emotional health, but also our spiritual health. How are we doing? And what would it take for us to get into a better place, a healthier place, a good place with some of those things. But then also extending that, what about my family relationships? What about my work? What about how I use my time, my money, my gifts? What about my relationship with the church and with other Christians? How healthy or otherwise are those? Honestly. The 40 days of Lent become a great gift to us and have always been a great gift to the church where actually we can take time to reflect and to recognise that actually we need to make some changes in our lives. That actually things staying the same is not what God would long for us, not what God hopes for us, not what God plans for us. Some of the different images in the Bible, or that we may have, talks about shedding things in our lives that we need to get rid of. Bad habits, destructive habits, destructive patterns of behaviour that have become ingrained in our life that we really struggle to break. But also maybe to discover afresh or discover new or maybe rediscover what we might call some holy habits, some good habits, that actually we need to start to build in again into our life, that we've lost or actually we need to start again with. If you've been a Christian for quite a lot of years, you might think as we focus again at this time of year, think, you know, I've been here before. You know, I want to read my Bible more. I'd like to make a greater priority for serving the poor or the dispossessed. I'd like to be a better friend to my neighbours, to my family, to all the different other people in my life. But I've been disappointed before. Where do I find the strength? Where do I find um, the energy? Where do I find the will? Where do I find the life that will lead me beyond the disappointment and the patterns that mean that ambivalence or cynicism set into our lives. To pick ourselves up again and to try again. It's not fashionable to talk about the theme of sacrifice. And you don't hear it lots, except maybe often in maybe a business or a sporting sense. But at the heart of the good news of Jesus is the theme of sacrifice. 
It may feel a world away when we read the reading that Faye read to us this evening. You know, as we're here in 2020 in Bath, compared to Jesus' time. I mean, for us, as in global perspective, that are generally seen as incredibly wealthy, incredibly affluent, incredibly well-off Christians, what does it mean to sacrifice in a global perspective? The Danish philosopher and theologian Søren Kierkegaard, commenting on the contrast as he reflected on the ways of Jesus and the position of the church in the West, said this. I went into church and sat on my velvet pew. I watched as the sun came down through the beautiful stained glass windows. The minister dressed in a beautiful velvet robe and read from a gold a gold rimmed beautiful bible he marked the reading with a silk bookmark and then he read this if any man will be my disciple said jesus let him deny himself take up his cross sell what he has give it to the poor and follow me I'm very conscious that for us in the West at this particular time, we don't want to add to that sense of the charge of the weight of hypocrisy that sits over the church of being full of good words, but slow of action. Let me read to you again the reading that Faye read, but read it from the message version of the Bible, a modern translation of that passage. Calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way. My way to saving yourself your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? If any of you are embarrassed over me and the way I'm leading you when you get around your fickle and unfocused friends, know that you'll you'll be an even greater embarrassment to the Son of Man when he arrives in all the splendour of God, his Father, with an army of the holy angels. has a real pithy sense in that modern translation to it. At the heart of the Christian gospel is a call to follow Jesus. Not to follow self, not to follow like the sheep in our culture, just to follow the fashions and whims of our culture today not to follow the traditions of your family or the foibles of your particular interests, but to follow Jesus. René um, reminded of this a couple of Sundays ago. Jesus calls again and again to follow him. And Jesus is unequivocal in his words and in his actions. Take up your cross and follow me, he says. 
put me first. Let me lead your life. This is so different from what our culture tells us. When our culture screams, you can have it all in every area of your life. You deserve it to have every area of your life be good. You're entitled to your dreams, to everything being about you and centered around you. But what we see in Scripture is in the person of Jesus, a man who promises life in all its fullness, a life full of the Spirit of God, full of goodness and of blessing, but it comes through sacrifice. It comes through putting God first. It's called the way of the cross. Dare we pray this Easter, this Lent time, that God would show us how to sacrifice, how to give, how to change our priorities to make him the more central in our lives? Dare we pray that? Are we open to pray that for ourselves and for us the church? Why? Because the way of the cross isn't just our way. It's the way Jesus walked himself. Paul summarized the gospel in 1 Corinthians 2 to this. It said, for I decided to nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. The life, suffering, death and resurrection of Jesus represents a pinnacle of the gospel and the completion of God's saving work in and through Jesus Christ. It's challenging. During his reign as King Frederick William III of Prussia, he found himself in trouble as the King of Prussia at this particular time. He was in the middle of uh, some significant wars, and wars are very costly things. And in trying to build the nation, he was seriously short of money to be able to continue the war and to overcome his enemies. He felt the responsibility of being able to uh, meet the expectations of his people and not to capitulate in the face of his enemies, which was unthinkable to be able to do that. And after careful reflection, he decided to ask all the women of Prussia to bring their jewellery of gold and silver and to have them melted down for their country. For each ornament that was received uh, by the king, he determined to exchange the decoration of bronze for bronze or iron as a symbol of his gratitude. For each piece of gold or silver, he gave a decoration of bronze or iron. And on each piece of decoration, it said this, I gave gold for iron, 1813. The response actually was it overwhelmed him. Even more importantly, these women prized their gifts from the king more highly than their former jewellery. The reason, of course, is clear. The decorations were proof that they had sacrificed for their king. Indeed, it became unfashionable to wear ostentatious jewellery of gold and silver. And this was established, the order of the Iron Cross. Members wore no ornaments except a cross of iron for all to see. For us as Christians, when we come to our King, 
we exchange the flourishes of our former life for the life of a simple cross. And as we seek this Easter time to fix our eyes on Jesus afresh, as we seek to have a greater appreciation of how God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to heal our lives, to cleanse us, to free us from sin and guilt and shame, to put us right with God. Our sacrifice is put into proper perspective. I remember um, a number of years ago when I was in Winchester, um, I was going through a really particularly busy time. And I was feeling a bit sorry for myself. I was chatting to a friend of mine who was another vicar in Winchester and he was asking how it's going. And I said, you know, it's just really hard work. And he responded to me, well, if it wasn't hard work, it wouldn't be worth doing. I thought, ooh. I was looking for someone to stroke me, make me feel better. But there's something true in that. And the sacrifice is what we find is something of value, something of worth that's always worth pursuing. So what can we do this Lent? I wonder whether you've taken any time to think about what you could do to generate some new habits or to get rid of some bad habits. Maybe you could give more time to certain people, to find them up more often, to give of your time or your money to God or to pray more or to read more or to give more to serve more. Or simply just to wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is give thanks for what you have. And before you go to bed at night, simply to give thanks for what you have. To cultivate an attitude of thankfulness and gratitude. See this evening as we take time to reflect on all that Jesus has done for us. If you still see your life as one of unfulfilled potential, full of struggle, full of hardship, full of desperate desire to break bad habits, full of trying hard to live your Christian life, full of frustration and disappointment and anger, maybe God is actually asking you to lay down your agendas, to sacrifice them again to the cross. And at that place of sacrifice, you may discover the new life that God wants to bring you. A fresh call, fresh purpose for all he wants for you. In in Christian circles, the missionary David Livingston, I'm just going to finish with this, is revered in many things in the missionary movement for all the sacrifices he made on behalf of taking the gospel across the world but he said this he said people talk of the sacrifice I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa but can that be called a sacrifice which is simply acknowledging the great debt of love we owe to God which we can never repay is that a sacrifice which brings its own reward in um, healthful activity the consciousness of doing good peace of mind and a bright hope that we have of a glorious destiny? 
it's emphatically no sacrifice at all. Rather, it becomes a privilege in the light of what's Christ done. Anxiety, sickness, suffering, danger, foregoing the common conveniences of life. These may make us pause and cause our spirit to waver and the soul to sink. But let this only be for a moment. All of these are nothing compared with the glory which shall later be revealed in and through us. I never made a sacrifice, said Livingston. Of this we ought not to talk. We remember the great sacrifice which he made for us in leaving his father's throne on high to give himself for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we recognise our weakness and our vulnerability afresh to you this evening. We recognise our longing to get you at the centre of our lives and to get caught up in the life of God to a greater degree. Would you help us this Lent? Would you help us identify the things on your hearts for us that we can do? that help us grow in our walk with you. Help us to face up honestly to where we are getting it wrong, but also be open to what you want to do in us.